times, you know. The Ramchal places a great emphasis, which is unusual because most forum don't, you don't find many Hashkafs from that deal with this phenomena. Phenomena. It's called Zikuch. Zikuch plays a great deal in the role of the uh, Ramchal, the concept of purifying the body. <coughs> you know, it's, um, but it's really in many ways a very different way of looking at ideas. That ultimately the whole concept of the Bria is really to Zikuch, is to take the physical universe and to transform it. That's really what the whole concept is. You know, people think of them, Abba, we're going to ditch this world, right? And then just go into a new place called Oilam Abba. But the truth is, what you see is that the physical universe, as opposed to, you know, throwing it out, is really, the Takhlas is really to transform it. Well, I should say to retransform it. Into a, into a spiritual entity. I'm trying to interject. I'm, I just wanted to get my rush on it. It's um, brought down somewhere in the, the 7,000 years. The Veloshna Gemara says Charav. The what? 7,000th year, the world's going to be Charav. Chat Charav, yeah. So why is it called Charav if it's not being Nishar, if it's just going into a different dimension, being transformed? But, but still, it's Charav. Means the physical universe as we know it From this point is view, destroyed. Right. Yeah. It's the you know what I'm saying? It's destroyed. It doesn't exist anymore. So, from the anymore. perspective of the physical, is being destroyed. Correct. Yeah. And even though it's here, but in another form, it's still, still destroyed. So you actually could say it's not a material destruction. It's a form destruction. Mm-hmm. It is a material destruction. No, because the chayma, the chayma, whatever it is, remains. Except the chum is now ruchni instead of gasri. You're saying this table will be a ruchni second table. Correct. So it's the form that's destroyed as opposed to the actual substance or material that's destroyed. You see what I'm saying? I understand. Yeah. So that's what chad chad is. It's also. But the Ramchal places great emphasis on that uh, and, and so on. That the way to get to the spiritual is only through the physical. That's the implication of all that, you know. Uh, which is very different in many religions where the entire thing is to avoid the physical. You take Christianity, the whole concept of a monastery, right, is to avoid the physical, to deny the physical. Whereas in Judaism, it's not like that. That's why all the mitzvahs need a physical uh, structure. You know, it needs something physical. Because the the obviously the... the uh, the path to the spiritual is through the physical, not by avoiding the physical, but by using the physical toward a spiritual end, thereby changing the physical. It's a, a very different uh, uh, belief, theology, than what many other religions offer, and so on. And that's really what the person has to do, is to retransform the physical into a spiritual domain. A spiritual universe, and and that itself. Um, so really, what it means is that that is what Olam uh, Habo uh, really ultimately is. We create Olam Habo. That's really what we do, and that's really what it's all about, and so on. You know, uh, that guy. You know, I said it. You know, the others says, "Call Yisrael Yeshlehem Chelik Olam Habo." You know, I said the question is obviously. It should say all Israel has a Chelik Olam Habo. It really should say all Israel has Oilam Abba. 
you know, what's this to have a chelik in Olam Haba? What that means is that you're given a piece of Olam Haba, right, to make into Olam Haba. It's like you have a field, you go in there and plow it. You have to plow it, you have to plow it, seed it, and all that kind of stuff, and then reap, you know. But you, we have the field to work on. That's what it means. So therefore, every Jew has a chilek, which means a piece of property, so to speak, in a different reality called ulam haba. But it's only a chilek. You know, you need to take it and work it and make it into ulam haba. So you're not chilek like there's this big country called ulam haba, and every person has a chilek. It means that everybody gets an entire ulam haba, but right now it's only a chilek because you have to develop it. No, you don't get an entire Olam Habo, you get a chilek in Olam Habo. So even at the, end, at the end of the line? No, no, right now we are connected in a certain sense <coughs> to Olam Habo. So that's what I'm saying, I'm asking the way I've understood it till now yeah. is that a person gets a, that shot that that is that the person gets, every, there's like a country called Olam Habo, let's just call it for lack of words. Yeah. And you get a, every person has his own little plot, his own little chilek. And that chilek is built up to whatever Olam Haba he's supposed to get. But it's only that, like, let's say, palace and its surrounding... Yeah, it's only that little... But, so basically, everybody builds up his own estate. Yes. So, right. but it, it seems that Rebbe's saying now that really everybody gets sort of like his own entire, entire world. No, no, no. Um, well, I, I don't care what you call I mean, it. At the end, I mean, you get a, a, uh, a section of Olam Haba. Even at the end of the line. Yeah. Yeah, okay. well, what does it mean to get the whole Olam Haba? What does that mean, you know, like, you know? To be each individual world or whatever that means. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, really, Olam Haba ultimately becomes you. You become Olam Haba, you know. <coughs> you know, is Olam Haba external? Is that you go to a great place, you know, or you become Olam Haba, you know? Which is something to think about, you know. Really, in many ways, the experiencing of Olam Haba is within. It's like a Navi, you know. Does a Navi experience within, or he's in a place of Nevoah? Which is it? You know what I'm saying? It's obvious it's within. It's within, yeah. The experiencing of Nevoah is within. So therefore, Olam Haba is within. You know what I'm saying? And whatever that experience is, you will feel it, experience it, and in that experience is an infinite amount of pleasure. Like I want to explain what goes on in Olam Haba, right? Remember what I once said? Well, you experience more existence. You have a whole share of that, right? Yeah. So it's not from without, it's from within, you see. Uh, you, you see that in the Chomish, for Shachati Besoycham, and I will dwell in their midst. You know what I'm saying? The fact that Jews have to go to a base of Migdash and to experience God from without is an oinish. It's a punishment. It's a, it's the it's what what since we uh, since we are filled with zayama, you know. So therefore, we need to experience the Barsham from without. We have to go to a place, and there he is, and now I can experience him. But his location is external to us. But in that place, the experience is within. What? In that place, when people are there, when they come there, the experience is probably within. Just it's over there. It's not elsewhere, but it's... Yeah, in that sense, it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You experience it from within. You just have to be a certain place. You have to, but you... Exactly. You have to be in a certain... 
external. Yeah, yeah, in other words, it's a location. It's but when you get to the location... Better receptivity. Yeah, but when you get to the location, you experience it from within. It's very interesting. My son just asked me, why does it say by Kobanos that you eat them? B'mokom Kodesh B'chatzar O'hel Moyed. He said, it's the same thing. Just say B'mokom Kodesh B'chatzar O'hel Moyed. In the Chatzar O'hel Moyed. Just say B'chatzar O'hel Moyed. Now you understand why. Because it's, the Torah is telling you, no, you need to be B'mokom Kodesh. Meaning, you need, you need to be in a... The, the place itself has to be a place of Kedusha. Yeah. You okay. yourself can't do it. Yeah, you need to go. And that, that was the result of the, uh, the Zoyama. Because of the Zoyama, right, um, we need to go to a place which is external. There's a barrier. And therefore, the only way to experience it is really from within. That's really what it is. See, That's an important distinction. Therefore, Ramchal is always stressing the concept of, of um, Zikuch. That all transformations occur within the self. You see, but also, once you mezakech yourself, you also mezakech the bria. It's an external also, the environment that you're in is also nizdakach. But it's also matter purified. if everything's going to end up being eternal anyway? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, you know, it, 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 here's, here's what he says, you know. From the 6,000th year to the 7,000th year, the Bria is purified, not you. The entire Bria changes from a physical universe to a spiritual universe. So there is a Zikuch in the Bria itself. Okay. But the Zikuch, the purification of self, takes 3,000 years. From 6 to 7, from 7 to 8, from eight to nine. In those 3,000 years, <coughs> the self is changed. The neshama itself. <coughs> because you have to remember that there are two concepts here. There are two entities you're dealing with. dealing with a physical body <coughs> and you're dealing with a neshama. Right? And what they're doing really is they're vying with each other for dominance. So it takes 3,000 years to change from the physical universe for, of self, and what happens is the, the is the physical uh, the physical body begins to diminish in, in, in as a physical body, and therefore the neshama now begins to achieve ascendancy over the body. So from six to seven, the body no longer has any drives. It's like inert, it's like dirt. It's inert. It doesn't in any way give you any type of urges. During Mashiach, you want Mashiach and there's urges? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, but pretty much, Shekhinah is the Scala, so like there's no real... Yeah, okay. And, and the sun's gone, so what, so what kind of urges? Well, we're going to eat, aren't we going to eat? Oh, I mean like right. the basics. Yeah, I mean, and, and that <coughs> point in time is no Issa, you know. Um, it was the physical body, ex, uh, what do you call it, um, exercises, needs, urges, and so on. The only thing is no Zoyama connected with it anymore. Everything's Kaddish. Yeah. So from, that's from, so from six to seven, the universe changes, and our physical body, what happens to that in a thousand years, it, no, it becomes inert. It no longer exercises what a physical body 
did. But physicality is still there. But physicality is still there, yes. That's right. It's going to, it's going to feel funny, probably. What's going to feel funny? I have no Shabbos meal, no nothing, just like what we say. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I'm sure there will things be, there'll be things to do there. <laughs> you're not going to be in a state of suspended animation, you know. It'll be like Ghanaian. What's Ghanaian? Gan Eden is a place, really, where it's just neshama. There's no good for the There's no physicality there. No. But the physicality there, but it doesn't give you actual cues. It doesn't give the... the but probably because the neshama is still connected to its guf. In other words, it, it's not surrounded by its guf, but it has a keshet oh, to it's its like guf. It's going to be like begot, probably. Yeah, so therefore the neshama cannot exercise because it's still connected to a physical substance. Ah, so it's limited. It's limited, yeah. So from seven to eight is where the neshama achieves a tremendous amount of ascendancy. There's no more equality. It's now the neshama is now achieves ascendancy over the body itself. You know, and then from uh, from eight to nine is where the body itself changes from a physical being to a spiritual entity. Although there will be some concept of it as physical. It's like a sheet of glass or plastic over <clears> in the Shama that's completely uh, transparent. You know, it's there, but it's transparent. And therefore the Nishama will have complete dominance over that, you see. <clears throat> and therefore, uh, ultimately speaking, it's changing reality. That's really what the Jew does. That was the tent here. the tent. In the 9,000th year. That's it, 9 to 10. No. Ilum Haba begins 9,001. <coughs> or 9,000. As soon as the 9,000 year hits, then Ilum Haba begins. It's all the changes that have to happen has happened. You say it would be Tuesday? So that's Monday, isn't it? Uh, Monday night of the next week. So 9,000 is already the era of. 9,000 is. Yeah, well, okay. is it six ten? to seven is already Shabbos? You're saying from six to seven Shabbos. Oh, okay. From seven to eight is Sunday, and uh, eight, to, eight nine to nine is, is Monday. Okay. So Monday night, so to speak, which is uh, you know, I, I once mentioned that's why it says Kitov twice. Right. Kitov. I missed the first Tuesday. The Torah was given. The Torah was Avram Avinu showed up in the year two thousand, right? So that's the first Kitov. And Avram Avinu accepted the whole Avodah, right? The next following Tuesday of the next week is the 10th hour, the 10th day. Uh, that's also the era of Torah. But that Torah is Ilum Habot, the Torah, and so on. You see. So the connection between the Neshama and the physical universe will never change. What will change is the form of the physical universe, and therefore the relationship between the physical a.k.a. spiritual, and the Neshama. And that, they both together will experience Oilam Habo for eternity. And it's our job to make that Oilam Habo. But we do it only through the physical universe. We need to channel, and that's why every mitzvah is connected to a physical function. Every mitzvah you take, look in the Torah, is connected to some physical function, and that physical function is the pathway to Ruchnius. You see, very different than many other religions that view the physical universe as a complete impediment and is to be avoided and removed.
It's a pasuk anyway. that for goyim, is a, a guy can only bring an ola. So I heard from somewhere that in a, it's, from a guy's perspective, he's allowed to have the hashkafa that you have to separate from ruchnius. Even let's say a girl that that keeps Zion mitzvahs and has a mood. Well, he, the problem with the guy is that his interaction with the physical doesn't get him anywhere really. His or his avoidance. He doesn't do he's not mukhiv in mitzvahs. Right. So therefore if he interacts with the physical, what has he done, really? It doesn't change the physical universe. A, 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 you know, you know therefore it doesn't so therefore his ticket is not through the physical, it's just through spirituality. It's sort of like, yeah. Just avoid because he's not gonna change it. Because he has no mitzvahs, you know what I'm saying? So therefore his ticket will be by avoiding it. So in a certain sense they're doing what they should be doing in that way. You know, but anyway, uh, now the Ramchal writes that <clears throat> that when the neshama enters the body, initially, when a person is born or whatever, conceived or whatever, and the neshama enters the physical form, right? Even though the neshama doesn't um, hasn't acquired its own perfection, <coughs> the neshama itself apparently grows. It also acquires perfection. It's not just the goof. And the perfection of the goof is what's called the dissolution of the goof, or the change of the goof into ruchni. You know, the concept of the neshama improving, right? Well, how will it improve? By experiencing greater Dvikas to the Banishlam. That's its improvement. It's not a matter of physical, it doesn't transform, but it will experience a much greater kesher or connection to the Banishlam itself. But what he says, interesting, is that the Neshama is so powerful initially, even without growing in and of itself, you know, and that as soon as it enters the guf, it has the power to mazakich the guf immediately. It can, the neshama goes into a guf and has the ability, initially, to completely transform the physical body. Initially means for the Marishan. What? Initially means for the Marishan, not for us. Yeah, yeah. Had Adam Rishan not done the chet, he would have been able to transform his guf with that mitzvah. It was if he would have not eaten from the tree for that certain time period, right, until Shabbos, then immediately his guf would have experienced an incredible zikuch. No, actually, wait, wait, no, no, backtrack. As soon as Odom was inserted, the neshama of Odom was inserted into whatever goof he had, the neshama had the ability, right then and there, forget about mitzvahs, right then and there to mazakich the goof. Change it, completely. Why didn't it? Oh, so why didn't it? So the answer to that, and that's what Ramchal said, he says, mitzad yikora be zahara po'atzmi, it was very zikuch Immediately, it should have given a zikuch to the chomer, to the physical body. What happened? In the, in the extent of transformation from the physical to the spiritual, which the neshama initially could have done, would have taken out this body from the whole concept of humankind. Wouldn't be human anymore. That's how powerful the neshama is. So we're not talking about an neshama being entrapped by the physical. No, there's no contest, as they say. 
No contest. As soon as you touch the ruchni of the neshama, <coughs> bam, it immediately transforms the physical into a spiritual. No contest. So what happened? Oh, so what happened? So what happened was the Rebbeinu Omnam gizeroso yizboruch kiveshes oiso umalalemes koycho umamaetes zehara. The Bosham commanded, or he restricted the ability of the neshama to mezakech the guf initially. That's it. Zero. He commanded it, whatever that means. You know, I mean, command means he somehow he blocked the neshama. From doing that zikuch. But so much that automation did away. Well, it, it, it was sufficient that the physical body would retain its physicality. That oh. The shama is imprisoned or diminished in its ability to do that, and that's exerus. It's a decree of the Rebbeinu mm-hmm. Now, how that worked mechanistically, you know, I mean, it was you know, and so on. We, we don't know because we don't really know the uh, what the neshama really is in that sense, you know. But whatever it was, there was a command. So the Rabbanisham diminished the ability of the Neshama to mazakech the physical universe. Or else he wouldn't have a physical universe. This is the problem. So it takes his zero to stop the transformation of the physical universe into a spiritual. You see. Avaltashev Shama Lutobi Atzma. So the Shoma is now imprisoned in a dark dungeon. That's really what happens. You know, if the Shoma cannot purify the body, and instead it has now become surrounded by the physical, because the Bosham has diminished its ability, it sits there in a dark cave, which is called the body, and it can't do anything. And of course, the amount of diminishment of power is exactly what the Bansham wants. You see. By the way, that's also, as he's going to say, that is the remnants of the, the moon, that the moon is diminished. You see. It's diminished in many ways. But one of the ways that the moon is diminished is what? Besides its size, the sun is uh, uh, a million miles across, and the moon is what? You know, it's about quarter of the earth. You know, two thousand miles across, whatever. You know, but what really, what 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 it really diminishes is that the moon is not a source of light. It's not a luminary. It is illuminated by the sun, but it has ceased to become a luminary, which means it's no longer a source of light. Same idea with the neshama. You know, in <coughs> of itself, it is no longer a source of energy or spiritual energy that can purify the body. The moon is a symbol of the diminishment of the neshama. You see. Um, <clears throat> that, there's a lot of illusions to that. The moon is a tremendous symbolic figure of the Jewish people. You know, and so on. We're always saying, Kechama, you know, it should be as bright as the sun. You know. <clears throat> the same thing Jewish people. The Jewish people, in terms of what they become, are tremendously um, limited in terms of what they can really do, who they are, and so on. You know, I once explained Golas. What is 
what does Golos really mean? You know, what does the word exile really mean? So people think exile is what? Is you're exiled from a place. It means until now I was here, and now I'm here. That's the common meaning of exile. You know what I'm saying? But Golos isn't an exile from a place. It's an exile from the self. You cannot be what you could be. And your potential is millions of times greater than what you can actually activate. So as far as we're concerned, we are basically mostly potential. That's really what we are. That's what Golis really is. It's where the individual cannot be what he can be. It's contrary to the advertisement of the army. You ever see the army ads? Be all you can be? You know? Apparently that's only true in the army. <laughs> not even, huh? Yeah. But it's not true in terms of ourselves. Maybe they mean oil my you don't maximize your potential. What? You maximize your potential more extraordinary. Yeah. You're saying you can't do that no matter what. No. Yeah. And that's all taken into the cheshman. That we can't be what we can be and so on. There's three things, person, place, and time. In order to be what you can be and maximize the potential, you need the person, the brismila, the time is Shabbos, and and the place is Eretz Yisrael. So if we're here, we can't maximize our potential. If we're in Eretz Yisrael, we're all one shalom, one complete unit. That's the only place you can really have the potential to maximize. No. Even if you're in Eretz Yisrael, you can't maximize yourself. Golos is a inhibiting phenomenon. That's what it is. You know, it has nothing to do who you are, where you are, whatever, is a restriction on the individual himself that he cannot express or become manifest in terms of what he potentially can be. So, um, and that's what the essence of Golos is. In a certain sense, you can ask, well, why would the person do that? Why would, he do, why would he limit an individual where he can't express what he could be? You know what I'm saying? Part of it is a tremendous union of rach, rachamim, of mercy. Kleinsfeld is always facing a terrible difficulty. You know what that is? Kitrugam. Kleinsfeld is beset with tremendous amount of prosecutions because that's what the Sultan does. You know, he doesn't want Kleinsfeld to manifest because basically if it does, it's over with him. His show is over, right? So the problem is that we are there the dinam. We are subject to judgments. One of the ways that the Bansham deals with that is he diminishes our ability to progress. And therefore, we're not as culpable as we would be if we could do it, you see. It was if you could do what you could do, you have any idea what the Ketruk would be? Terrible, right? The Sultan would say, hey, come on. These guys are capable of being unbelievable. Uh, these guys can score a thousand. And these guys are only at 130? Bad news for us. So what the Bosham does is he does not allow us to be more than 200. So there's Ketrukim, but it's not the same as if we had complete, 
uh, what do you call it, the unrestricted growth potential. That's the problem. A lot of this stuff, wait, a lot of this stuff is really to diminish the culpability of the Jews. Midis Hadin, that's what it called. See, that's why Golos has a logic. You know, what's the logic of Golos, really? Because like I said, when the Gemotion diminishes your ability to be everything you could be, he also diminishes the culpability or the guilt. And therefore the Kitrugim are reduced tremendously and so on. You know, that's why you find, especially today, you find many Jews are gone. You know, because what it does, and it's much, much more than that, just that, it's not that they're gone. It's, there's no G'daylim around. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a washout. What can I tell you, you know, and so on and so forth. And what it does, what it gets you, is that you now have um, much less claim. You know, you can't blame me if I'm not, because listen, I'm enormously... Uh, but, but there's no accomplishment either. Who? I mean, there's no accomplishment either, yeah, so well, well, what to do? It, it's it's really both, both ways. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So which is more important? There's more, no accomplishment, or you don't get your head handed to you? I mean, they go what together. You can, uh, yeah, but you understand, this only comes after you didn't do the job. Mm -hmm. Right? This is a consequence of something. You know, so you didn't do you, you didn't do the accomplishment. So we messed up already. What? We already messed exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. You you don't enter goals unless you messed up. So the goals is a saving device that removes a tremendous amount of the denim. You see, it saves us. I mean, relatively speaking, you know. So that's what goals does. You see. So by restricting your abilities, in essence, you're less guilty if you don't accomplish. Ah, you don't accomplish. That's the whole reason why he respected your abilities in the first place. Because he didn't want to. So basically, each of us here is a criminal, basically. A criminal? Yes, in a sense. Just speak for yourself. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, no uh, video. what? <laughs> no, <I> video. <laughs> it's not just here. Look, you know, it's a, look, you know the Gemara says that, uh, what do you call it, uh, Hillel had 80 Talmidim. And they were phenomenal people. The highest one, the lowest one was Yochum and Zakai. Hillel. So what did Yochum and Zakai know? He said, Gamar goes to Hino. You know, I mean, whatever. Bavli, Shami, Mechilta, Sifra, Sifrei, Hino, Astronomy. I mean, it's just astounding what he knew. You know? And, uh, that, and he was the lowest. Who was the highest? Yonis Menuzia. You know? So how great were they? He said that, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, a number of them... Uh, what he called could um, could stop the sun in its track like Yehoshua. You imagine that? What, so why didn't they do it? And the answer because the door wasn't Roy. You know, wouldn't the door wasn't Roy? Because the door needed the soul of ghosts. You know, so they potentially could have done it, but they couldn't do it. <coughs> why? Because if the generation wasn't ready, which means that if the zero of Golos surrounded the whole door. You cannot break out of it. You know, you cannot rise, you can rise above, you know, a, a lot of things, but you cannot rise above the imposed uh, ghosts of the, go of the, uh, of the uh, generation. That's why there's a lot of guys out there, you know, if you think about it, that could be much greater than they are. And what happens, no matter what they do, they just don't make it. You ever notice this? Yeah. You ever notice the futility as they say, of 
of, of, of trying to be something greater than you are. And you know, it's like, you know, it's, you know, it's like, it's like climbing a mountain, you know, and you go up like a hundred feet, you know, and then all of a sudden something happens, shake and you slide right back down. But you don't slide down a hundred feet, you slide down 99.9 feet. So they gave you, you know, one tenth of a foot. So you're looking around and say, this is incredible. And then you try again, you go again, and you slip down. But the problem is this, that you don't even make it up to the slide down. We are so bad off, we don't even slide down. Because that would have meant that we went up. You know, we can't crawl more than a, what, a centimeter a year or something like that. Right? Why is that? Because what that does, it takes away me this again. So why are we here? What's, what's the point? The we, point is we that... We cannot accomplish, we cannot get punished here. Nothing no, no, I didn't say you can't accomplish. No, 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 no but, but so, so the vote is that whatever struggle you have here, so in terms of the outward manifestation, it's not going to happen. But in terms of the struggle itself, mm -hmm. it, it's enormous. The Ari used to tell Rabchaim Vital that he, he, he was greater than many, uh, you know, many Tanoim. So Rabchaim Vital said, what do you mean, how can I be greater than Tanoim? You know what I'm saying? He said, because the darkness that envelops you is millions of times greater than the, the darkness that envelops them. How come they, you ever wonder, how, how can you have people in the, in the, in the, you know, in the foregone days, you know, people who are Bavli, shamans, so on and so forth, how do they know so much and we compare ourselves to them? Like, what do we know? And the answer is not only their efforts. They were not restricted as much as we. That's why. So if, if they don't have what's called impediments, <laughs> then automatically, if they put in the effort, they will come out with the goods, as they say. Our problem is, we put in so much effort, and we go on with hardly any goods. That's our problem, you see. So, where you live is critical to your Hatzlocha. It's what it is. That's why a guy can work for years and just barely, you know, improve himself and so on and so forth. If the years of struggle, you know, so you go, well, what's going on here? We're in the generation of Tanoim and Amoroim and forget about the Nevi'im, you know, the, the earlier days and so on and so forth, you know. They were phenomenal. You know, the Doha Midbar, for instance. They were phenomenal, really. Yeah, of course they did Chatoim, but that's on their level. But really, could you imagine a generation that lives 40 years in the desert, right? No worries. No stock market. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. No, nothing. No business. They don't have to do... Imagine you live in a generation where you're fed every day. Your clothing never wear... You don't even have to go to the bathroom for 40 years because the money was perfect. It didn't have any type of waste. You know what I'm saying? The nest was how they survived. How did the digestive system survive without any usage? Okay, it's all some, you know? So imagine that, and they sit there 40 years without a care in the world. No, no exercising. No exercising. What? No exercising. No? No. I mean, there was, the, the, the mom was a perfect food. No diseases, no exercise, except when they, you know, punished, whatever, you know. What, what they must have known, and they had the greatest ready of all, Moshe Rabbeinu. That Aaron I mean, what else do you need? You know? 
Why? And the answer is because at that point in time, the Shekhinah was so close to them, there was no Golis, really. You know what I'm saying? That, that came out later, and so on. There's no Golis. You know, we in many ways are, I don't know if the word is victims, we are the products of our time, and therefore we are severely limited. <coughs> and the problem of Golis, like I say, it saves us <coughs> from a terrible amount of Kitrugim. At the same time, you know, so then what do we do, really? What do we do, really, in the end? What, what's our claim to fame? If, it, if, our, if our accomplishments are not the, the, uh, the achievements are not the claim, so what is our claim? And the answer is, you said, the struggle. The struggle. That's what it is. We go into Ilam Habo on struggle. They went into Ilam Habo on achievements. But in terms of Ilam Habo, it doesn't really make a difference. No. Because apparently struggle is as great as achievements, if not greater. So in Ilam Habo, you will be in a, a situation which is unimaginable just because of the struggle. So it's not like we can't get Ilam Habo or we can't get a lot of it. No. It's just that here we are limited in terms of our achievement in order that we should be saved. Midas Adin. It's a hamtoka of Midas Adin. You know, we, we, we were most uh, limited and so on. You see that? It's a very important concept in terms of what Golis really does. You know, it saves us and so on because what are you going to claim if I can't be this? What do you want from me? You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's the struggle that is our reward in that sense. It's the Messias Nefesh, the Amelus. And you see that, you know, Hema Melem, Vanachna Melem, you see that, Chazal, the Fumtsaro Agro, right? Notice what it says? The Fumtsaro, according to the effort, the pain is the reward. It doesn't say according to the achievement is the reward. You know, the, well, how much did we achieve? It doesn't say that at all. It says according to the pain and the suffering, which is the struggle, that's how reward is measured. I got that? You know, the achievement of Binyan Basin Migdosh is not just the time, it is the final objective to get to that point. Well, it's one of the things that we are allowed to do. Today we can't do it. You have tried to build a base on Migdosh today? They'll arrest you. I'm sure they're trying. The housing minister approved the building. Who? The housing minister of Israel approved the building. Building Basin Migdosh? Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Sure, and I'm sure Muhammad Abbas, he agreed. Right? He signed, he said, yeah, of course, you guys can go and build your base. Right? There's, people, there's people going on to, to the site ready to do the Kabbalahs. Ready to do the Kabbalahs. Ready. Didn't do it yet. But well, how could they? They get arrested. Or the Arabs. Anyway, so, uh, so therefore, that's the concept. So what he's saying is that the Neshama in and of itself can break the entire system. But it's been diminished, as I said, you know. So the moon is a symbolic representation of the diminishment of the Nishama, right? And I'm telling you that how does that manifest in us? That there's a tremendous diminishment of our ability to achieve the heights that they achieved. Tremendous difficulty and so on. And that's what the Arito Rakhine Vital. And in fact, today, just to give you some idea of some chizit, you know, the, uh, 
Rizhan, the Rizhan Rebbe, there was a very great Hasidic Rebbe, Rizhan, you heard of that song, you know? So he once said, he once said that today, which is, it's, it's a very interesting chizuk, you know? He said that He's today... Cousin, like a couple hundred years ago. Yeah, it's 20 years ago. 20? 200 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. He said that the, if you want to know how great is the Nisoyan today, because that's really what it depends on. How great is the, the test situation today? How, I should say, how severe is the test today? Do you know what he said? He said that the test today is as severe or as difficult as the Akidas Yitzchak. Do you have any idea what that is? I mean, we're still asking the Rebbeinu for merits based on an event that took place 4,000 years ago. Right? So you can imagine how loaded with merits that was. So what he said is that the test today is as great as the Akedis Yitzchak. That's astounding. Because the difficulty without the lack of achievement is terrible. You know? It's so therefore what a person is supposed to overcome the Nisayan to achieve that? And therefore the, so stru- or does he the struggle itself is as great as the Akedis Yitzchak. Is a person supposed to succeed or is he supposed to struggle even though he doesn't succeed? He's supposed to struggle even if he doesn't succeed. You know what the greatest... Even if he fails. Yeah. You know what the, the, you know what the greatest impediment <coughs> to achieving anything is the lack of success. That's what it is. If you struggle and you achieve, great. But if you struggle, no. Struggle, no. Right? Why would anybody want to continue, you see? So for a person to struggle even though he's not really achieving, or he is achieving in very minute uh, measures, that's an incredible struggle, you know? And therefore the, the lack of real success is a tremendous, as they say, uh, a downer impediment to wanting to engage in, this in the first place. What so therefore, we struggle enormously. Well, what is our struggle? I mean, I live in Naples today, finding a minion, eating kosher, Shmuel Shabbos. All this is not a struggle. It doesn't exist. Shabbos. That's that's a different type of struggle. <laughs> what what is what is our struggle today? Is it like yes, a What is it? You know, I want to tell you something. Your struggle is not to leave Lakewood. I'm not, even, I'm not even attracted by a different town. <laughs> I mean, you can't afford it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the idea is that a person has to take action in order to survive. Just because the action he takes now makes it easier to survive doesn't diminish the fact that he took that action in the first place. You see. So you're right. You live in Lakewood. It's much easier, God. I mean, it's a, you know, Lakewood is a place you know, that has a tremendous amount of, you know, things which being coming, being fun is there for everybody and so on, right? But you had to want to live in Lakewood. Most people don't want to live in Lakewood. They don't want the, uh, the sheltered life, you know, the, the uh, what goes on in Lakewood, even if, it, you know, they don't want that. They want to be connected to the world. And you think because you live in Lakewood, you think that's going to protect you. You have any ideas? about guys, how many guys are in the internet in Lakewood? That's where all the thing. And the internet is the window to the world. You don't even have to be in the world anymore. 
It used to be the old the, the day when you wanted to be connected to the world, you'd have to move, you know, to some place where, you know, a lot of great stuff was going on, this kind of, right? And so on. Yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. The, the Elias of the Sultan is that he has now enabled you, without traveling, to experience the world. Television, why? Uh, internet, all these things are now allow you to fully engage in the world without ever leaving Lakewood, or any, ever leaving any, any kind of place. So the mere fact that you disconnect from these also is part of the Nisayan. You know what I'm saying? And you could have chosen to have that. Sure, even here in Lakewood. How many guys have the internet in Lakewood? Yeah, they're not going to tell anybody, whatever, and so on, you know. There's a lot of people with the internet, and so on. All those guys walk around with smartphones. You know what I'm saying? Who knows how many are connected to the internet? What? 24-7. Some of them. No, not most. Most people have one. What? Filters, but even the filters pull this from. Filters aren't perfect. Even, even radio. You have to be like really, really, really vigilant. John Cole, John didn't have to listen to advertisements. What, the only way to so called talk radio about this to read the marriage and things. And Rabbi Miller said, even if you're above it, you know things are wrong. You see a magazine and you're not affected because you're you're strong. You know, Newsweek. Once you're exposed to it, it's in you to some degree. Yeah. Once it enters the senses, yeah. even if you're immune to being affected by it, it creates a struggle. Sure. And none of that. Uh, look, the army magazines, Jewish magazines, you know, they connect you with the world. Yeah, they try to filter it by presenting the Jewish viewpoint. But in the end, you're reading about the entire world. You think, you know, and, and so on. So it's almost impossible to be disconnected from the world. So it's still a struggle. You know, I want to tell you something also. Don't kid yourself. Jews are very smart people. You know how they're smart? I mean, they're smart in many ways. They're smart in this way. Here's what they're smart. You pick up, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, weeklies that present themselves in Lakewood. Do you ever read any of those advertisements? Do you ever read the dresses? You know, you look at the, you know, it's all the top, you know, shop at this place because it's the latest fashion, you know? All, many what the Jews have done is they've shifted the grubby Yetzirah <laughs> with the sophisticated Yetzirah. You know, the grubby Yetzirah is, you know, it, yeah, go out, go to nightclubs, you know, whatever, trade for, you know, oh, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go to the beach. That's the grubby Yetzirah, you know? So what Jews have done, I can't do that, you know? So here's what I will do. I'll go into the Nice Yetzirah, you know, the most sophisticated, cultured Yetzirah, right? You know, shop with the best wigs and the best, you know, for the women, you know, the, uh, the uh, whatever, the dress and so on. When you go, you know, let your kid walk around with the beautiful clothing, child clothing, and just look at the ads. They, that's also Yetzirah, except it's now, it look, doesn't look like Yetzirah because, you know, it's not a grubby Yetzirah. It's a refined Yetzirah. You see what I'm saying? Don't kid yourself, you know? But it's just on the whole Yedia Santera concept. What? The whole Yedia Santera concept. I mean, how Yedia Santera, I'm trying to speak for myself, is like extremely limited. So that, that could also be part of the struggle. Of course it is. Right. Let me tell you what the Bershom has done. You really understand it, you know? Here's what the Bershom has done. I mean, again, because of the Golas and so on and so forth. In order to make sure that Midas Adin doesn't survive, right? 93% of Jews are gone. 
So there's no need to send in with these guys. They're all Tinnik Shanishba. You know what I'm saying? They're just, I'm gone, right? So what are we going to say that they should have been, you know, a bunch of five I mean, it's absurd. They avoid, right? the, they avoid the steel counted? Or what? They avoid the steel counted? They do something? No. Without being aware? They're basically talented. It's over with. No, the real Bechira only lies in Bnei Terra today. Uh, to a less extent, and the more and more you remove from Yiddishkeit, the less and less Bechira you have that is culpable, you know. But what has he done? You know, so that's, that's, 93% of Jews. Then there's the other, you know, let's say there's 5% five, five of Jews, let's say, you know, they have their own Yetzirahs, you know, beautiful car, you know, uh, and, and so on, you know. You know, you know, you, you, you know, see the, the beautiful restaurants opening up in Lakewood? You know, you go to a restaurant, four dollars for a steak? Wow, you know? Or, you know, eat, eat, eat at this restaurant because it's upper-class dining. Could you imagine the Chofetz Chaim saying to you, maybe you tell me where the upper-class dining restaurants are. <laughs> you look at the Chofetz Chaim and say, excuse me, what? You know, think about that. You, he wouldn't ask you where the, you know, the, the real hatsi-tatsi restaurants are. So they've, 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 so everybody has advanced in terms of gashmias, whether it be clothing, restaurants, or what else, you know, uh, uh, what people drive around with. I mean, there's a lot of different Yetzirahs that Jews have now shifted over to because it's not a grubby Yetzirah, it's a nice Yetzirah. So that's a lot of the people, right? And then you have people who do what? You know, do, you know, okay, in Lakewood, it's the town where there's a lot, tremendous amount of learning going on, you know? But if you go to Brooklyn or in other places, the guys are having to money. They're into money, making more money, and having beautiful homes, etc., etc., you know, you know, whatever it is, but, you know, it's it's a mild, it's a Yetzirah, but it's mild, you know, at least the juices, at least I have something. Then what the, what the yeah, Sutton has done, it's really the bunch of Zayla and so on and so forth, you know, guy goes to Yeshiva for 20 years, you know, he's 30 years old, he's been learning Gemara when he's, right, for 20 years, he started at 10, he's now 30, right, okay, you know, and he sits down to himself, you know, it's interesting, what do I know after 20 years? Do I remember any Gemara? I barely remember the Gemara I learned today. I remember 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Most people coming out of Yeshiva basically are Amaratsim. I mean, not literally Amaratsim, but they basically remember nothing, hardly anything. That's assuming they knew it in the first place. So the Xerah is on the B'nai Torah. Don't fool yourself. It's not the, the Xerah of what the Bonshma has done. He's, he has, it's an interesting word, he has dumbed down the Jews. That's what he's done. He's made, made them, he dumbed down means he made them much more, you know, uh, ignoramuses. You know? Do you ever wonder, you ask yourself, why is it a guy can become an engineer in five years? And a guy can become a doctor in seven years? A lawyer in three years? Etc. Why? You know? And why is it a guy becomes a Talmud Chochem in 35 years. What's the problem here? What, what is it? You mean Torah is that hard? Of course it's not that hard. Torah is difficult, but come on. You didn't tell me, you know, there, there are subjects in college which are incredibly difficult. There are mathematics and physics and chemistry, you know, to do these things. And you know how much stuff you have to know to become a doctor? Millions and millions. You ever look at the textbooks of these guys? You could barely read one page a year. 
Okay? So how can these guys get through medical school in one, two, four, five years? And why does a guy take 30 years to go to Shah's? So they tell me this dafyomi. What dafyomi? Seven and a half years? After seven and a half years, what does dafyomi do for you other than limonat terror, which he gets the mitzvah for? There's no yadiyasa terror. I once said dafyomi is the only way a guy can say, I forgot the whole shas. Because if you don't know dafyomi, you can't say that, right? You can't say, I forgot the whole shas. I never learned the shas. But dafyomi enables you to say, I forgot the whole shas. What is, is this? What does this have to do with yadiyasa terror? You know, education, nothing. Uh, but it is an incredible idea in terms of limerat terror, because it's a mitzvah to learn terror. But to know terror? No. Uh, so what has the Rashi done? What he's really done is he's dumbed down the yeshivas. Where they come out knowing or remembering hardly anything, and so on. And this is after 20 years. You know, what do you call that? You don't think that's a goalist? Of course it's a goalist. It's part of the goalist. It's part of the terrible what call the thing that we are subjected to, the inability to succeed at great <coughs> levels. <coughs> There's certain people can't even get into yeshiva. Many people don't even want to go to yeshiva, you know? And they'd much be rather some doing something else. And if you want Then the guys in yeshiva, you know, what are they doing there, you know? They, you know, their coffee break is much longer than the second seder. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? And then the guys in yeshiva who learn, they don't remember anything, you know? You can't believe what goes on. This is all the zeal of Goas. People fool themselves. Sure, there's a lot of learning going on. How much knowing is there going on? Yet in the end, that's what you have to know. Really, you have to know Torah. Happy is he, right, who comes here, Ravashi said, and he has mastered the old law. He's mastered the Torah. How many guys you think have mastered the Torah after 20 years? Very few. So therefore the Xer of Golas is true altogether of all Jews. Except it looks worse for the guys who are fry. But the truth is, the Xer is on B'nai Torah. It's on Yeshivas. It's on everybody. That's the problem, you know. And the reason for that, like I say, in many ways, is the Bosham is making sure that a lot, most of Christ was Amaratsum, you know? Why is it, uh, you ever wonder about this, which is another interesting concept. Why is it, for instance, why is it a guy can be a top neurosurgeon and he's only 45? Right? 45 years old, he's a top neurosurgeon. Or he's tops in his field at 40, 45, certainly by 50. Why is it when you look for all the Gedolim, they're usually between 90 and 100? Do you ever wonder that? <laughs> you know, it's almost like, it's like, think about that. Why is it all the Gedele Hador, the Gedele Lim, uh, why do they all have to be over 70, or 80, or 90? Some guys have to be over 100. What kind of business is that? Uh, you ever wonder, why is it a guy can be the tops in his field and he's only 45 or 50? And why is a guy can be only tops in his field if he ever gets there, if he's going to be at least 90 years old. You ever wonder about that? Why can't you have Gedolim at 50? And I'm not talking about four people, right? There are tens of thousands of doctors that are incredibly competent. You know what I'm saying? They know what they're doing. You know, whether it be surgeons and, and you know, in all kinds of fields. There are thousands of physicists, 
thousands of lawyers, whatever they, they know their stuff. If they didn't know their stuff, they could make a living. And these guys are what? 40, 50? Why is you walk over a guy who's 50 years old, 40 years old, you know, what does he know? They tell you, yeah, I learned Daf Yoimi. You're a god because you learned Daf Yoimi? What is this? Man, we have the Yoni and we have a lot of young, like, stars. But how many are there? Look, there are always guys that will break yeah. the average. You know, there's a bell curve. You see the bell curve, right? There's a bell curve. There's an average and then there's extremes of the average. There are always guys at one end of the extreme. Okay, true. But then, how many guys are in the middle, right? How many guys hardly know anything, you know? Well, they, don't, they don't remember, they don't know. They're very poor thinkers. Without going through the whole business. Come on. How many 40-year-old guys are claw have mastered that we have tens of thousands of guys who are 45 years old and our mom is gewaldic? What kind of gewaldic? Of course not. Why don't we have that? Why isn't the secular fields a guy who's 50 years old can be an incredibly accomplished, you know, uh, what do you call it, craftsman or scholar or whatever, professional, and you look at a guy who's 45, 50 here, and the guy, you know, he's holding, I, uh, what is this? I mean, it's self, no. People don't even ask themselves because they delude themselves with the following concept. Torah takes 40, 50 years? Of course it doesn't. Nothing takes 50 years. Torah is a chokhmah, like the Ramchal says later on. But it has incredible hashpah. Means if you learn Torah, it brings down unbelievable shefa from the spheres. That's true. But mitzah, the chokhmah itself, it's like any chokhmah. Don't fool yourself, you know. It has the same, why would the Ramchal and so many Gedolim have written books on logic of Torah? If Torah doesn't apply to logic, of course it does. You know, if you learn logic, right, if you understand how to think, and if you put in the time, you know your stuff. So why is it people don't know their stuff? Why? No, those questions that you, you ask, they raise serious concerns about what's happening in Kleisville. Very few people ever reach the status of a bucky, tremendous mastery of the Torah. Very few people. Yeah, there are people that can do it, but why do they have to be 89 or 90? And even the people who are, like I said, are 45, how many are there really? 30? 100? 200? There's a hundred thousand Jews learning Dafyomi. What happened to them? Don't kid yourself. The ghost is on everybody. It's on the Ashkenazim, on the Svadim, on the Hasidim, on the Litvisher, on Lakewood, on Muncie. It's everywhere, including Eretz Israel. That's the tragedy, you know. Don't fool yourself, you know. We have not escaped the ghost, you know. And in many ways, well, I'm going to go into that, it's a, a lot of the goals is man-made. We, the bunch of, we ourselves keep ourselves in goals. We contribute to our own goals and so on. But anyway, that's the problem. So that's the, the, the concept in terms of what goals is and, uh, and the fact that um, all of this needs a tremendous uh, zikuch. How, how do we contribute? What do we do? How do we what? How do we contribute? What do we do? Oh, wow, does that open a Pandora's box? No, 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 no. There are many... Uh, it's too depressed, no, just, just no, so I, I try to remove that depression by telling you it's a struggle 
that that's what gets us. But it's not the achievement or the accomplishment because that's not really happening. But in a nutshell, how, how do we compile the goals? I mean, what do we do? A what? In a nutshell, what do we do? How do we compile? Just I'm, I believe there are many things that we as a people could do that could solve an enormous amount of problems. However, they are not being done. I'm going into why. They're happening not because of Gezeira, because... No, the Gezeira is, is that we delude ourselves. Right, but the things happen not because of Gezeira. We, we compound it beyond what Gezeira is uh, about. Well, that, the Gezeira is... <laughs> the Gezeira is, is who is in charge of the system. That's the Gezeira. You know, there are guys who are... A lot of our problem is that a, a lot of the, I don't want to use that word, a lot of people who decide policy are mediocre. Mediocre. When mediocrity leads, everything else goes downhill. I'm not even talking about incompetence, that everything certainly goes downhill. But when mediocrity leads, and there's a lot of mediocrity out there, we lose. Everything goes downhill. Because mediocre people don't know what they're doing. You need real leaders, brilliant people, thinkers, and so on, who really are really expert in these ideas. They have to lead, and we don't have that. But it's about the Gezeira. That, so the Gezeira is that these people are Matzliach, and the guys who pull everybody out of the, yank them out of the goals, are not Matzliach. It's all part of Gezeira's. The Bershom decides who's successful or not. And part of the Gezeira is the people who are successful are mediocre. They're, they're the ones who set policy. But what do we do contribute to, 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 to Golos, which is not part of the I, mean, I assume that we do, we contribute, but not, we could avoid it, really. We can, well, the way we contribute is that we believe those mediocre people, even if the logic is against that. People are afraid to be original, they are afraid to stand up for what is really, even to them, is truthful. People fool themselves. They're weird. A, a, a part of our problem is most of clients' world is followers. There are very few leaders. There are very few leaders in clients' world. Most people follow the herd. People have a herd mentality. And as a result of that, even if they see that they're being led the wrong way, they won't do anything. They won't oppose these so-called mediocre people, they won't. For whatever reason, because they don't want to be ostracized and isolated and that kind of stuff. Kaiyasville is a herd mentality. That's what Yehudi is, is to be ostracized. You're on the other side. Yeah. So you're but supposed Kaisville, to be that way. Yeah, but has a herd mentality. We're sheep. We follow. What does it say in Ha'azinu? In the end of time, your leaders will be blind. The sheep will follow blind leaders and they won't have enough courage, you know, or individuality or whatever to break away and say this is the wrong way and we are dying because of it. Part of the problem, most people are followers, very few leaders. And as a result of that, they all go, you know, they all go into the direction and nothing becomes of them. That's just you know, the real problem of mankind. Most people are followers, very few people are leaders. And as a result of that, you know, if something becomes in vogue because of some mediocre or incompetent guy, everybody's going to follow him 
even though, you know, they see maybe he's wrong. Most people don't even see it's wrong. They don't. Has anybody here asked the questions that I've asked? I ask simple questions. Why is it the average 45 years old guy doesn't know anything? Why is it, in order to become an Alban Gold, you have to be 98? Why? Why is it a guy can become a professional, and I mean a real professional, you know, or else how can he make a living? Uh, how, how come he can do it in six, seven, eight years? You know, and we can't do it in 40. What's the problem here? Anybody ever asked that question? Yes. But the that is the refutation of what is going on. There's a mile to be a follower. Clawley's role is following because then you follow. Of when course. You, leaders, you follow them. But not but, if what, it's the wrong decision. But that's a big, that's a, it takes a lot to decide what. If you have Moshe Bainu and then everybody's going to decide we're going to be somebody else. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about people of that caliber. But all I'm saying is very simple. Of course you follow, right? But what happens, but what happens, fine, but what happens if you see that there's something wrong, right? You see there's something wrong. Yeah, most people are Maratsan today. Then what do you do? Then there's something wrong, right? There's something wrong there. You know, it's not a, of course if, if, if everything is going great, fine, you're right. Of course you follow it, no shy of that. But if you see that there's something wrong, then what do you do? You have to ask yourself, you know, what's wrong? Why is this happening? What is the underlying cause? And there is. People are afraid to express themselves because in a certain sense, what dominates Kleinsville, I'll tell you, is fear. Kleinsville lives in fear of what? Of the right. They live in fear. Because, uh-oh, if I step out of line with a different chumrah or a different halacha, you're not the curious. Yep. What is this? If Christ lives in fear, fear dominates the behavior of most people. So most people are afraid to say anything because they don't want to be kicked out of the society. Yep. You know, and, and so on. And there are, uh, there are a few individuals who are innovating these days. Yeah, if you're few. If you're I'm not talking about the few. I'm talking about millions of people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? If, if you're unique, they call you a colorful person. But they call you a what? They, they call you uh, people who are unique. They call uh, they're colorful. Colorful? colorful. Yeah, that's that's the word. Yeah, colorful. But but Yosef was had the sternest person, and he's one who colorful. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I would label, I would give you one word, and I, I think that this word sort of like sums up everything, you know. I told you a lot of stuff <coughs> which is not politically correct, or I should say it's not Jewishly correct, you know. But I would say one word. In the end, it all boils down to one word. There's a lot of dishonesty in Klaisman, period. That's what it is. There's a lot of dishonesty. And that's why I hold why so many guys are leaving in droves, you know, and so on, you know. And uh, that's what it is. People, f pe uh, people fool themselves, they deceive themselves, they are dishonest, all to be part of the herd, and so on. Even though they are facing disaster, they see the disaster and the destruction. And after Piquet, they won't do anything about it. They remain dishonest to themselves. They deceive themselves, and so on. And what can you say?
Yeah. I hold it's all part of the Gzir of Golos, that the Bashma allows us to continue, so Klaiso will have easier time with the Kitrugim, with the Dinam. And that's why, do we ever see a time in Klaiso when 93% of Klaiso is gone? Do you have any idea what that is? The United States, the Western civilization, killed off everybody. Hitler couldn't do it. The West did it. Forget about Hitler. What did Hitler do? He killed 6 million Jews. The West has killed 93% of Jews. Hitler did 50% of the Jewish people. Because at that time, I think there was like 13, 14 million people. So he knocked off 45%, right? The Western civilization and the dishonesty and so on, they killed off the rest. What, well, now you're 93%? I want to tell you something. You ever walked to a hospital 93, and you walked into a patient that 93% of his body was dead, right? You'd say he's dead, basically, you know? He's just dead, and the problem is that the rest of the 7% of the body don't know they're dead. You know what I'm saying? 93% of Jews is, it, it, it's a tragedy that we have never experienced in the history of Kaisville. Why? Because of this Gzir of Golos, and so on. The, the, and there's a lot of factors. The outside world is killing Jews. The Jew cannot stand up to the outside world. It's obvious. You know, you got to run to a place like Lakewood, maybe, and hopefully you survive. What about everybody else that can't move to Lakewood, you know, and so on, you know? They don't survive. You know, and, 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 and so on. So that that so the outside world is killing Judaism, really is. The internet is a wholesale slaughter of the Jews. Wholesale too. The what? internet could be helpful to the Jews. There's somebody living in way more an out of town place yeah. and, and doesn't know about Yiddish right? they look I've heard of places they can go on the internet, they look for the Judaism and they become they, 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 you they, know, they I, 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 I was gonna kick out of that. Is the Satan will always allow one percent to be toyed so the other ninety-nine can kill you. That's what it is, you know. It's like I tell people, you know, why don't you have a TV? I don't have a TV. It's ridiculous it's on TV. So a guy will tell me, what do you mean, Channel Thirteen has interesting programming? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So I should buy a TV. So I should watch Channel Thirteen programming. Yeah, they may have a couple of interesting things, but the other ninety-eight percent is terrible, destructive. The, the Sultan never, yeah, it's also, you know, Sheker needs some MS to survive. If it's completely Sheker, you know, it, it can't survive and so on. So that's the Sheker of it, you know. The internet, is, yeah, you need 1% because it gets some information if you want shopping, whatever, but the rest of the stuff. So, anyway. Anyway, that's States Bay, but this is basically all the Xer of Golos, and that's what's killing clients. Well, that, that Xer. And there are many other factors that are destroying Kaleisville ultimately. Or, even if Kaleisville survives, which of course it will, Kaleisville is being dumbed down. That's what's happening. Whether it be Friar or Fruma, it doesn't make a difference. Even the Benetura are being dumbed down. Because there's no, there's no achievement really. Yeah, you know, nobody remembers anything. And there are many reasons for that. It's unfortunate. We just have to hope that the Golas will end someday. That the Bunch will say, Atkan, enough. And now I'm going to give Hatzlocha, where I gave failure, I will now give Hatzlocha. And all of a sudden, things will turn around, which is interesting, with such a speed, your head will spin.
once that gzir is over. Mashiach comes before that? I, that that's probably with the entry. It, it's probably before, because you did a hachana. The problem is, there's nobody here to to welcome the Mashiach. Who's here? Who's left? <laughs> no, well, we we, we or, or or if they do accept the Mashiach, you know, two weeks goes by. Let's say the Mashiach comes, and there's also you know da 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 da, da you know blast, <laughs> and it's all over the TV, and the New York Times Messiah has arrived, and all this kind of stuff. You know, you imagine that. And then after three weeks, it goes by, and three weeks, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people say, Messiah, why are you still here? <laughs> it's a fad. You know, a fad goes in and out, and it's over. Oh, we had it, it was excitement, so and so, but it's over. Let's move on to the next exciting thing. <laughs> That's what happens with a fad. You know, Messiah is a, is a, it's a fad. Okay, now, let's move on to the next thing. You know, some Hollywood star just came out in there. You know, we live in a very strange world, let me tell you. I'm not even talking about the evil of the world, but and so on, you know. But we have to hope. But once the version decides that the goal ends, it's over, and the whole thing turns completely around. And uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ruchnius will be Matzliach. Not like now, where Ruchnius is not Matzliach. People are leaving, in, they leave, they, you know, they just leave and, you know, and, and people are, you know, they have Chalisha, there's so much Chalisha out there. And uh, it's a Brahmanas, Jews are struggling to stay afloat. You know, just to stay afloat requires unbelievable struggle. Just to stay above the water requires unbelievable struggle. Forget about swimming anywhere. Who's swimming anywhere, you know? That's what it is, you know? So, you know. Okay. So next week is the good news when Mashiach will come, right? Tomorrow night is no shear. Oh, no, there's no shear because I have a bar mitzvah tomorrow for those who come to the uh, method shear. So next week, we'll continue. Thank you.